0: podcasting before and probably after the rapture it's the drew marshall show
1: Folks, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. We're streaming live at drewmarshall.ca. Live right here, in enjoy twelve fifteen Southern Ontario. I'm so tired of saying that all the time. Bobby Schuler is the host of Hour of Power. It's kind of like this band, Tower of Power. See what we did there, Tim? Did you see? Did you see how we how we did that?
0: You're the smarterest, Drew.
1: He's the author of Happiness According to Jesus: What It Means to Be Blessed. Bobby Schuler has experienced enough loss and family struggle to understand that being blessed is not about glory, money, or fame. In his book, Bobby draws from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and explores 10 contemporary truths about what it means to live a blessed a blessed life. <laughs> he asks a few questions that we are going to ask him right now on the show, Bobby Shuler. Mr. Shuler, sir, how are you today? True, hi. So glad to be with you guys. Well, listen, I've got some a really serious question just to kind of start off with. Do you mind? Sure, yeah. This uh, bio of yours says, Bobby draws from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. I've always wanted to know if it's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount or Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you know, I don't know who wrote that up, but technical grammar should be Jesus's. Okay, well i took the I took the apostrophe s out because I thought after an s it should be just be apostrophe without the s. I this has uh, puzzled me for a long time, man.
0: I know. Well, I had to I had to work with this with my uh, you know our publishers the, the proper way. And you actually get a license, so it's kind of like you can say cactuses or cacti, you know, both are appropriate. You can actually do either one with Jesus specifically. But you can't say
1: Mexican, jesus eye you know. or Jeezy. Jeezy sounds cool, though. I like Jeezy. Is he a Jeezy warrior? Ooh. Hey, yeah. A little Star Trek there? Yeah. No, that's Star I Wars. I mean Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Apostle Paul was his Padawan. Did you say Apostle? Did you, pro- did you pr- pronounce the T? Apostle Paul. Bobby, can you help straighten him out? You don't you don't pronounce the T in Apostle. You do not pronounce the T. Come on, everybody knows that. Tim,
0: come on. I, I do when I read the Psalms.
1: <laughs> the, what an idiot. <laughs> Bobby Schiller's on the phone with us. He's the host of Hour of Power, author of Happiness According to Jesus, What It Means to be Blessed. I have so many questions for you. Do you realize that you are one of the first, like I've been doing the show for 12 years, you are one of the first evangelical... Mm, what 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 descriptors do they put on uh, on the Schuler gang? Um, Fundies, fundamentalist evangelical Christians. I've had on the show in a long, long time. Bobby Schuler. All right. Well, I don't know how fundamentalist I am. I and mean, what do you what do you consider a fundamentalist? Oh, I don't want to waste our but time. But see, I doing think that. more
0: important what? is that his yeah, okay, church appeared on The Simpsons.
1: Yes. Yes, that's right. That's true. So, can we just talk about the family just for a second? I know you'd probably just sure. want to talk about the book, but
0: no, it's okay.
1: Fine. Okay. People are buying your book because you're part of the family. First of all, I'm so sorry for your loss because I don't care what, I, yeah. whether we agree or disagree on stuff, loss is loss, man. Tell me how that all went yeah. down for you.
0: Now, uh, there's we've experienced a lot of loss. So, uh, my grandfather just passed away. We've also lost the Crystal Cathedral. My son had some health problems. So,
1: we've had all sorts of uh, loss and challenges the last uh, couple of years. Um, are you referring to my grandpa? Yes, I am referring to your to your grandpa for sure. Um, you know, the loss of Crystal Cathedral has got to be. Yeah. You're going to hate me for this, the way I describe. But as an outsider yeah. who's not a big fan of anything to do or pseudo to do with prosperity or largeness or bigness, you know, I think Jesus was really about the mustard seed big, not not yeah parking lot big. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I you and I are going to differ on on how we feel about the loss of things like you know if things weren't managed properly if things were not i don't know whatever right okay you lost it but it's got to be a real because that's that was that was a legacy that your grandfather built big time yeah absolutely and it's kind of different sometimes for
0: for guys i I don't i'm not sure your background is but you know for me i i can agree with you i mean i came to faith um in large part because of my experience in oklahoma and um, I'm a very kind of grassroots guy. Before I came to Shepherd's Girl, which used to be Christmas Eagle, I mean, I, I pastored a church, and we gave away 90% of the money that came through the plate we gave to the poor, and, you know, I did other odds and ends things to earn my salary, and so, I mean, I, I certainly believe in to sort of mustard seed upside-down kingdom principles that Jesus uh, uh, preaches about. So, Whoa. you know, building a crystal cathedral wouldn't have been something I would have done, honestly. Yeah. But um, it is something my grandpa would have done because he came from a very different background. So he came from a background in sort of Dutch Calvinist Iowa that was very much like, God hates you, God can't wait to throw you into hell, you know, you can't do anything with your life. And, you know, he lashed out to Norman Vincent Peale as a mentor who was also Dutch Reformed, so there was this sort of trust. And uh, Norman Vincent Peale really you know, poured into my grandpa the idea that, well, maybe God really does want you to do great things. And so, you know, I I would say for a lot of people that don't understand, it's so good to understand my grandpa's story in that what he was doing was overcoming in large part a lot of the shame and, uh, and fear that had been sort of given to him by his religious heritage.
1: Man, that was one of the best... Clarification of things that I've really heard in this whole deal—you really actually kind of won me over with that. Crap! Now I like you. <laughs> okay, uh, and can I let's just go heart to heart here for a second? The you know two two dads with sons. My son's twenty-six. How old's your son, and what's going on with the health problems? You probably don't want to be too public about that, maybe, or I, I don't know. I don't no, know where no, things are. I right. mean,
0: we, no. We, my son is three, so I, I'm only thirty-three. My son uh, last year when I was actually declared the chief of the church. Um, the, that week, my grandma sure died, and also that week, um, my wife was told that she has a chronic health issue that we found out that it, it couldn't be resolved. And the same week, we, my son went into epileptic seizure and uh, nearly died, and for several months was having multiple tonic line, which is a grand mal seizures, oh, man. Uh, every day. And so when we were going through all of this, he, he almost I mean, he almost died several times and it was just a nightmare. We were living in the hospital. He was you know, ambulance was at our house it seemed like every two or three weeks and um and it was just you know, it was a very difficult uh time for our family. Mm-hmm. But it was the you know, the joy and the strength of of knowing um God's love and God's purpose for our life that got us through that, you know. That um uh, So that went on for several months, and uh, we finally found a medicine that uh, really fit, and so he's gone something like eight months now without a seizure. Wow. And uh, so we're we're very, very hopeful for for him.
1: Okay, Bobby, what do you say to the people that maybe would never say it to your face, but theologically or doctrinally, doctrinally, they're thinking it, and this is what they're thinking. They're going... Well, boy, that's an awful lot of bad stuff that happened in one family. You guys must be not, not in the will of God. You know, this is this is uh, sure. God God allowing Satan to to have at you because you guys were doing stuff theologically wrong. I don't even know how they'd say it, but you know I what know I mean, right? Just, yeah, I mean that's bad theology. I mean, God didn't
0: let Satan loose on Joe because he was bad, right? I mean, you know, uh, I I don't think that. Um, you know, I, I honestly think that some of the things that happen in our life are honestly a bit random, and I, I don't know if it's healthy. I mean, I, I'm a Calvinist, but I, I don't know if it's healthy to always say, you know, that God did that with intent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would just say that, um, no, I mean, I I just believe the gospel is all about grace, and that God isn't cursing us, that, you know, when we depend on the cross and... Uh, and when we're clothed in Christ, God isn't going to persecute us. Um, you know, you look at the early church, and you see that the early church was constantly persecuted. Um, people were suffering, but in the midst of their suffering, they had incredible happiness and joy because they had Jesus. And Hold on.
1: the You know, you, yeah. paint, you paint a picture of of people that over the years I've wanted to slap because— yeah. They're you know bad stuff is going down, and yet they're walking around with this pasty dolphin smile on their face and they're not yeah. they're not human about it and they you know yeah. or, or it's like you know remember the ba well i I'm, I'm not sure if you remember uh but back in the early days of Christian rock and Christian music, you know you'd go to applaud Larry Norman and he'd get angry at the crowd, and he'd point up to the sky you know you're you should be you should be uh. applauding Jesus, no dude, you just sang yeah. a really good song, shut up and take my applause. <laughs> Shirt, yeah. <sighs> anyway, so you know what I mean, like. No, I mean, I,
0: I, no, but you know, I, I mean, one of the things that, and you know, one, one of the big pieces of my message was, you know, I live in one of the richest counties in one of the richest states in the richest country in the world. I live in Orange County, California. We are the suburb of L.A. where guys like Kobe Bryant live. You know, we just have people here who have tons and tons of money and success and freedom and fame. They can travel the world. They can eat anywhere they want, and they are living sort of in, um, you know, what Thoreau called quiet desperation. You just see that they're, you know, they they just don't have anything. And when we would go, you know, we would go on these short-term missionary trips to places like Nepal and different parts of South America, poorest countries in the world, and you would see these people who had nothing, very often were sick, and some of these countries persecuted, and they were really, really happy. They were not faking it. It was not a dolphin smile. These were people that, even though they had trials and they acknowledged their suffering and they acknowledged it to God, like David does in the Psalms, they were still thoroughly joy-filled, happy people, and not joy-filled like, you know, I'm just, I am have a sad face, but I have joy somewhere if you really, you know, look deep inside of me. But they were really happy people. Huh. I think that's something that we to recognize here that, you know, um, they were not looking to circumstance for joy and and happiness, and they had grief, and there's periods of mourning, but in general, they were happy people, and and it was because they weren't looking to the things that people in Orange County are looking to for for happiness.
1: (laughs) Okay. When I hear I've had this conversation so much lately about the difference between happiness and peace, and which we should be in Mm -hmm. pursuit of, and people would say to me, you know, I might I might uh, confide in someone about some wah-wah thing in my life, and they'd say, well, life's too short. you got You got to be happy. And that just sounds cheap to me. I don't want to be in pursuit of happiness. I want to be in pursuit of peace. Mm-hmm. Happiness is something, yeah. for, for me, that seems... Ooh, this is going to sound uh, very uh, very spiritual, which is rare, coming out of my mouth. Uh, temporal. It sounds, you yeah. know, of this earth. I'm trying to be in pursuit of peace, because I've realized that I, I'm... I'm not real good at grabbing onto peace. So are you saying, Bobby Schuler, that I should be in pursuit of yes, happiness?
0: Sir. Yes and no.
1: I mean, you should pursue happiness because I actually think happiness,
0: um, like joy, is actually a virtue, not a luxury. I mean, I think that happy people make the world a better place and unhappy people make the world a worse place. And the last thing I want to do is make people feel guilty for not being happy. But, but I think that, being happy is something kind that you do to the people that have to live with you. You know, I mean, mean, just to be honest with you, I mean, you think about um, people that you're around, and I mean, being a happy person really is sort of a nice thing to do for the others that are near you, especially if you're not grieving or in mourning, if you're just having a normal day, it seems like a nice thing to do. I would say that the pursuit, though, ought to be the pursuit of God's kingdom. I mean, it's, it's nothing new, right? I mean, as Christians, we believe that if you pursue... Uh, his kingdom and his righteousness, then all of these other things will be added to you. Um, I just think that very often Christians, or even the world, thinks, well, you pursue God's kingdom and righteousness because that's the right thing to do. But there's another part of you that says, well, I want to pursue these other things, because I want to be happy. And that's not the choice that's laid before you. And I guess that's sort of the thesis of my message is that, um, you know, if you pursue God's kingdom and righteousness, that is the pursuit of a happy life if that makes sense. And and the reason I landed on the word happy, and I, I do happy more than joy, is because I feel like, I kind of feel like the word
1: joy has been a bit neutered. It's kind of like you can no, have No, 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 it. I have a better word. Joy in the Jesus scene has been chickified. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> not, to, not to sound like Mark Driscoll or anything, because I certainly don't want to sound yeah. like Mark. <laughs> uh. Wait, he's a Calvinist. Well, so, are you guys buddies? Do you and Mark Driscoll hang out? No,
0: I have met Mark. I met Mark Driscoll one time uh, at an RCA event here in California way back in the day. But I mean, honestly, Mark Mark Driscoll is uh, is not that. I mean, in my opinion, that Reformed.
1: He's more, in my opinion, Baptist with a little kind of like covenant sprinkled on top. Okay, you're, <laughs> this is in, this is inside school now. All these terms we're dropping yeah. here.
0: Yeah, inside we, it's inside ball too boring for everybody. I, mean, I I grew up in the Dutch Reformed Church, which you know, we have, you know, you, you've got to be if you're not going through the Heidelberg Catechism and the Canons of Dort, you know. You know, yeah, hold on. Now, you know, if you true. grew up
1: in the Dutch Reformed, does that mean you were allowed to smoke and swear?
0: Well, no. No. I mean, you know, adults could, but kids couldn't smoke. And no.
1: swear. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, okay. All right.
0: No, but a lot of these yeah, a lot of our Dutch Reformed, if you go to these old churches, especially in the Midwest, and you go uh, you know, this, most of them have, like, a boardroom. If you go into the boardroom where the consistory, which is the Board of Elders, would meet after church service, there was any of those rooms you'll see the whole ceiling, unless they've painted it, is covered in yellow oh, from God. all of the cigar smoke. So almost what would happen is almost every, you see the Dutch Reformed Church, you have worship, you have Sunday school, and then the consistory meets to grill the pastor about his sermon, and they all sit in there, and they all light up cigars. And sometimes they would have scotch, but not usually. Usually just just cigars, and uh, and they would talk about the you know the
1: service and the experience. That's <laughs> so funny, so funny. All right, yeah. you serve as the pastor for Hour of Power. Yes. Um. Can you help me? Because when I hear the phrase "Hour of Power," which is a Christian ministry, it sounds like an oxymoron. Mm. Because yeah. again, the upside down leadership structure of Jesus was all about, hey, you want to be big, get small. Yeah, absolutely. Well and maybe that's yeah, I mean, well I didn't name a show.
0: It's been around now since nineteen seventy one. That wouldn't have been the Good point. <laughs> That wouldn't have been the name I picked. But because so many people are familiar with it, um, I try and do exactly that. I try and basically use that as a bait and switch to say, This is an hour of power, but this is power from the Holy Spirit. And this is power to help you get through the struggles and the difficulties of life, not power to um, you know to dominate people or or some of these other things that come to mind when you think of power. Is your
1: so, is your family? Um, are they all? Do they get together now? Do they hold hands and sing kumbaya?
0: No, not really. Honestly, we we still have some some awkwardness in our family. Oh,
1: man, unfortunately, come on, I know. Uh,
0: I know it's getting better. You know, there's there's just been a lot of um, there's just been a lot of stuff the last few. I mean, like I'm very close to my dad, close to my grandparents, but when we talk about like some of the aunts and uncles and things like that, it still not be a touch uh, a touch awkward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, anyway. No. Well, listen. If anybody has, it's like when Kay Warren came out with her book on happiness. I think it was happiness, right? Joy. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. but what I was going to say was, is, if anybody has a right to write about something like that. And and not do a candy coated you know uh, silver spoon thing. It's her. I mean, when you she's you know yeah. with the stuff that her son went through and then taking his life and oh yeah. you know and and I, and anyway, my point is is that I would I would be more apt to read your book, uh, Happiness According to Jesus: What It Means to Be Blessed, based on everything you've just shared in this interview. As yeah. opposed as opposed to oh he's got the Schuler name, so I wouldn't read oh, your yeah. book because you had a Schuler name. As opposed to I will read your book because of of the heartbeat behind your story. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure the Schuler name is actually helping you right now. And I totally, I totally
0: hear what you're saying. <laughs> no, I mean uh, you know, I I am not at all trying to leverage uh, nepotism here. Or uh, <laughs> you know what? You honestly one of the cool things about being where I'm at, is I would have absolutely said no. When, when I came to the cathedral, I was pastoring another church uh, at an American Legion Hall. It's a long story, but when after the bankruptcy of Chris Cathedral, and they decided they wanted to move, there was a small group of like 150, 200 people. It was a congregation gathered and voted unanimously to call me to minister at the church. And if it had just been like, you know, a family member that says like, hey, we want you to do this, you know, uh, i have I, I I would not have wanted to go into it because I had a the whole church wanted me to be there I, I, I've been there previously as a college pastor and middle, you know and had some influence and things so that was why I felt like it was a, appropriate to be That's there um, I kinda feel like the first time I was there at the church, it was because I was a jeweler, but the second time, it was in spite of being a
1: <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> well, you know, the rest of us will never have to live in those kind of shadows or that kind of uh, legacy, yeah. which comes with perks as well as detractors. So, But, you know, for you graduating from Oral Roberts and then going on to Fuller, I mean, that's... Is that... Not, maybe I'm not getting this, but that seems like chalk and cheese to me, those two institutions.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what jack-and-cheese means, but I have a good
1: guess. Yeah, completely bizarrely opposite. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what they were. Yeah. You know, both were incredible experiences, and I got to take... uh, The thing I got from Oral Roberts was the heart for worship um, that these Pentecostal charismatic students had. I actually chose Oral Roberts based on the student.
1: No, you chose Oral Roberts because of their dating rules. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) dating rules? They have some of the strictest <laughs> dating rules of any any post-secondary education place in the world. Yeah.
0: There were no dating rules other than you can't have sex. That was the only thing. The one rule they did have in place was, and this was totally unfair, the girls had a curfew and the guys didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> girls had to be in by like 11 or midnight or something and guys right. be out all night.
1: Oh, that's really weird. That's so weird. It
0: was super weird. I I totally agree with you.
1: Well, well, I want to thank you for enduring this interview. Um, You had no idea what you're getting into, and I'm so sorry. That's all right. But, Uh. but, Bobby, uh, I want people to go to the website happinessaccordingtojesus.com. happinessaccordingtojesus.com. He is the host of our Power. He is the author of Happiness According to Jesus, What It Means to Be Blessed. I just want to let you know, Bobby, what's coming up next, if we can get a hold of him. Last time we tried, it didn't work. So can I just share this with you before we say goodbye? Sure. Yeah. Johnny Barnes, for decades, come rain or shine or even hurricanes, 91-year-old Johnny Barnes has gone out into the darkness of early morning and greeted Bermudians on their way to work with a wave. He blows them kisses, and he says, I love you. As people drive by this roundabout, Every Monday to Friday, every morning from like four thirty or something, you know, five in the morning mm-hmm. to like nine thirty, and that's all he does. There's no signs. There's no. There's no agenda. There's no nothing. And I went. Yeah. I was in Bermuda a month ago and had an amazing conversation with this guy. So he's going to join us soon. And he and they did a documentary on him, and he's called Mister Happy Man. You see how see what yes. you're, see what we're doing here? We went with you. I do. And I now, saw that video. You I did saw
0: that Vimeo video. I did. It's awesome. And I would encourage all your listeners to make sure they stay over and watch it or listen to it because listen to your interview with him because he's an awesome guy.
1: Well, I would encourage all of our listeners to buy the book that Bobby Shuler wrote. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brown
1: nose. Brown nose. Yeah. Bobby, thanks, man. I really appreciate it, dude. All right. Thanks, Drew. I appreciate it. And thanks for thanks for the interview. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure, but thanks anyway. It was great. No, <laughs> I really appreciate the interview. <laughs> okay, dude. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bobby Shuler on the uh, Drew Marshall Show host of our power author for happiness according to jesus what it means to be blessed short break it's hard to find quality guest speakers these days if they're interesting they're usually expensive and if they're cheap they're usually boring Well, here's someone who's both expensive and boring. Drew Marshall is a high school dropout who tried to become a pro football player but didn't make it. He then tried to become a firefighter and didn't make it. Now he's trying to become a stand-up comic. (laughs) Good luck with that, Mr. Marshall. But if you're looking for someone who's unpredictable, incredibly honest, provocative, genuine, then we've got the right guy. Everyone seems to be an expert on something these days. Why not book someone who's an expert on nothing? except how to be brutally honest about yourself and your faith. The book, Drew Marshall, is your guest speaker. Go to DrewMarshall.ca.